In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You're advised that any views expressed by the hosts or their guests are not necessarily the views of Tuggy Entertainment or its partners. Motherhood Incorporated proudly presents Military Mom Talk Radio live on toginet.com. Co-hosted by Robin Boyd and Sandra Beck, the owner of Motherhood Incorporated. Military Mom Talk Radio is here with a powerful platform for women to discuss their ideas, issues, and concerns with respect to the military lifestyle. Military Mom Talk Radio encourages you to share your experiences of being a military wife and mother. This show is dedicated to educating your family about the many resources that are available available in both the public and private sector and we'll be sharing helpful information from women all over the world we'll cover everything military from helping a family member cope with post-traumatic stress disorder to navigating government programs dealing with family issues to the struggles of deployment along with being a working mother both in and out of the home this is military mom talk radio and here are your hosts sandra beck and robin boyd Hey, Military Moms, this is Sandra Beck, and we have a great show today. We're going to be welcoming Margaret Brown. She is an author that wrote uh, the book That Time, That Place, and That War. We're also going to um, welcome Military Writers Society of America's new president, Dwight Zimmerman. He's also a published author in his own right, a very prolific one. He's got a New York Times, I think it's a New York Times bestseller, uh, book about Abraham Lincoln, and he's going to talk about some of the awards that were given out recently for some of our military writers, which is really outstanding. And Rob, I'm going to go right to a special guest today. That's uh, we're great. Welcoming, yeah, isn't that? We're going to go welcome Lisa Dietrich. She's been on our show, both of our shows before, and she has a son in the military, and she's also going to give us a Veterans Day blessing. But before we get to the blessing, Lisa, I want to ask you, where is your son and how old is he? Uh, my son is currently in uh, Fort, I want to say Fort Bragg, North Carolina. <laughs> he is in the Special Forces. I had to think about that for a minute because he moves around. And he is 23 years old. He's and 23 he years old. Doing. Does he? When he first said he was going into the military, um, what did you think about that? You know what? He was an adult, and he um, we first brought it up right when he was coming out of high school. And my husband and I encouraged him to go to college for a couple of years and think about it and pray about it. And he did. He went to two years of college, and then he went ahead and enlisted. And we were very at peace about that because he had thought it through. It wasn't a rash decision. And, um, you know, as an adult, he made that decision with a lot of thought, and it's really what he wanted to do. So we're we're good with it. That's wonderful. You know, it's so stressful for our families, um, you know, that have their family members here and overseas in the military right now. And you as a military mom can absolutely attest to the stress and the strain of not being able to reach your loved ones and, and, you know, being worried about them. And that's one of the reasons that I brought you on the air today, because you are a military mom. You are a very godly woman. And I would really like, and so would Robin, you to do a blessing today for our veterans, past and present, and our future ones that are uh, coming up as we speak. Well, thank you, Sandra. I'd be honored to do that. And um, here we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> we just thank you so much, God, for 
giving us freedom. And, and Lord, I, we just thank you so much for all of the men and women who have fought and served and lived and died so that we could be free and that we can speak and that we can um, live as we please in this country. And I just pray for your special blessings on the men and women who are serving currently. I pray for those who have served in the past. I pray that you'll just bring peace on them and, and give their lives uh, fulfillment and meaning and just let them know that there's a nation full of people who really, really appreciate and honor them for what they've done and what they've sacrificed for us. Um, and we also want to pray for the men and women who will be coming into the armed forces, that you will just give them peace about it and give their families peace and just let them know that the service they provide is just really, really appreciated and, and honored. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to, to serve our country and serve you in this way. In his name, amen. Amen. Oh, Lisa, that was beautiful. Robin, aren't you glad we didn't have to do that prayer? Oh, you know, there are so many times that I think our feelings get welled up. And I think it's... um, it just takes someone with such grace as you have, Lisa, to be able to put those words together and uh, be able to express our thoughts. Thank you. Well, thank you. <laughs> it's an honor. Yeah, well, I think, you know, it's one of those things today, Rob, you know, it's it's a really um, interesting time. I know it is for me when I think of being a little girl and going and marching in the parade for Veterans Day. You know, and all the veterans were so old when I was little. I mean, granted, I was a little kid, you know, but they were, they just seemed so much older. And now, you know, when I looked around at the, the recent Veterans Day uh, celebrations and honorings, everybody was so young. You know, a veteran today can be 19 years years old right i know i didn't tell you sam we have um one of our nephews is being deployed in the next few weeks and so it's as many as that are coming home there are still some that are going over so um we 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 i think we always have someone serving somewhere we always have we always will Absolutely. And I think that's so important that you mentioned that, Rob, because there was so much talk in the election last week and, you know, about bringing the troops home and all these things. And there are still lots of our young men and women being sent abroad and families struggling with deployments and struggling with multiple deployments. You know, and on this Veterans Day, it's really a wonderful time to honor our veterans. But I also, you know, loved what Lisa said about honoring the families as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, did you have very many celebrations in your neck of the woods, sand for Veterans Day yesterday or today? We did. We did. We had quite a few. Um, we had local celebrations a lot at the ground levels in the local parks. We had one in our local park, and, you know, a lot of people came out. We live in a military-dense uh, neighborhood, so sure. um, we've got a lot of people from, you know, Edwards Air Force Base. There's a lot of Marine families up here whose sons and daughters are in Camp Pendleton, and, you know, it's just it's so sobering um, when you stand there together and you see the generations of service men and women. And I was quite pleased, I have to say, to see so many women turn out, women service members turn out for Veterans Day. That's something I really hadn't seen much in the past. We've had an awful lot of um, 
youth groups doing things, but it was really nice to see as many come out. Our, our local, our nearest city is Manchester, New Hampshire. There were a lot of people who came out uh, to to view the the parade, and I think it's a different kind of celebration. Just as Memorial Day is a different kind of celebration, um, I'm thinking it's it's uh, out of respect. Not, I guess, celebration is. A different word. You often take that word differently. So I'm glad that so many people are openly embracing the uh, uh, the ability to honor, the freedom to honor these these all of our veterans. It's, it's um, absolutely because it yeah. sounds a little funny to say Happy Veterans Day. You know, right? <laughs> I, I know. I don't quite. I can't quite put my head around that. <laughs> Because you're you're right. We're we're paying respect. We're not. Um, it's you know we're not giving gifts and and baskets. We're we're saying thank you. That's right. We got to thank Dwight Eisenhower for changing it from Armistice Day to Veterans yes. Day because Armistice. I don't think anybody would even know what it meant. I think um, it's interesting, and I did find something for uh, that I'm going to read at the uh, at the end of the show today. I was very moved by some poetry that I found online, and uh, we're going to talk to Margaret Brown shortly uh, about some of the poems that she included in her book. But I also found a website that had some some very moving poetry from young people and how wonderful that they are so in tune with what veterans are and who our soldiers are far more than we did at at that age. Absolutely. Well, but you think about the length of this war, you know, and that, you know, some of our babies born when we first started in war are going to be 10 years old. And, you know, when you think of the Vietnam War and you think of the Korean War and you think of, you know, World War II, we're at what, year 10, almost at year 10? Well, yeah, when you start to think about the Cold War, it's it's kind of, and that's when, unfortunately, it becomes more obscure. It's just, oh, there are people fighting. I think when there's an immediate need for soldiers to to take care of a specific calling, that is top of mind. But when you have something that's been far more drawn out and that there are conflicts that are not... Um, I don't want to, I, I was going to say the word significant, and that's certainly not what I mean, because certainly every conflict is significant to those fighting. Um, it's, it's, it, it becomes further in, in everyday importance, and I, and I don't want us to lose that importance in our daily lives. Absolutely. That was sort of a long, drawn-out thing, and I was trying to trying to say it succinctly, and there was just no way to say it succinctly, so I'm sorry. <laughs> well, the war is long. You go long. It's all good. <laughs> well, you know, but I, I think when a, when a war does go on the way it has and sort of blended in from one conflict to another and we have different conflicts happening, it is um, harder, I think, for younger people to sort of embrace the uh, the importance of it all. Absolutely. Well, yeah, because it's, it's part of their daily lives, and it has been, you know, lots of times as long as in recent memory. 
Sure. Sure. And I, it, it is such a different um, in, environment now where people are able to talk while people are serving as they do, whether it's Skyping or uh, by email. Uh, it just kind of, it's very different from, you know, my youth anyway. Right. And in a lot of ways, I think it's better. I'm sorry, Sandra. Oh, I, yeah, I'm thinking so. I grew I grew up during the Vietnam War, and I some of my earliest memories were seeing the news clips of the wounded soldiers and the dead ones coming back, and it was just horrifying for me mm-hmm. as a child to see that. Um, not that not that any war isn't horrifying, but I, I do appreciate that the, there's less of that carnage, you know, for our kids to see, and um, that that they are kind of looking at the, the live military and, and that they have a chance to honor the veterans and that there is more respect all over for them. There is. Lisa, you'll want to stay tuned. We have Margaret Brown coming up on her book, That Time, That Place, That War, does uh, illustrate the Vietnam War. You'll want to stay tuned right after these messages. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Tune in to the Travel Chick Show with Bonnie Kitahata. Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Bonnie will share with you an hour of travel ideas, experiences, adventures, and tips from her guests. Topics range from local day trips to international excursions, from organized professional vacations to spur-of-the-moment getaways. For fun or business, groups or solo, by bus, car, plane, train, boat, bike, hike, or horse, you'll also hear about travel-related subjects like cultures, travel photography, keepsakes, and more. Whether you love to travel yourself or you enjoy seeing the world vicariously through others, join us and enjoy travel stories from around the U.S. and around the world. For more information on The Travel Chick Show, check out Bonnie's website, thetravelchick.com. Then join us for the show, The Travel Chick Show, live Mondays at 4 p.m. Pacific Time with your host, Bonnie Kitohara, here on the Rockstar Radio Network. What's ideal for you? Really, what's ideal for you? Being who you are, doing what you love, and getting out and about with friends. What's ideal for you? With your host, Janice Christopher. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the Rockstar Radio Network. And it all starts with Janice doing just that. Then being open, curious, authentic, and living her life on a quest to discover everything that could possibly make life ideal. Check out the website, whatsidealforyou.com. Studies have shown that 80% of Americans, and probably everyone else too, dislike their work. 80%. The mission then is to turn that passion statistic around. To show how it is possible to live your passions and make a living. Or live your passions so that you'll be able to mush through your job until you can change it. And watch life's magic begin to happen. It's What's Ideal for You with your host Janice Christopher. Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Uncle Sam, put your name at the top of his list and a statue. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. 
covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Military Mom Talk Radio today on Veterans Day, or the day after the real day, but today is our day to celebrate. Um, our first guest was teaching at the English Department at Radford University in Virginia, and she was given the creative license to develop a unique curriculum for the honors program that would focus on one topic for the semester. For a number of years, her focus was the Vietnam War. Aided by members of the Vietnam Veteran of Veterans of America Chapter 138, Margaret Brown witnessed a new generation gaining new insight on a war that some may say we are still fighting. That Time, That Place, That War is an illustrated reference book that sprang from author Margaret Brown's experiences teaching this honors program. Margaret's work, along with poetry by the soldiers themselves and photos very personally unique to those who were there, who remember, uh, will bring this story to light that may not have been told in any other way. Margaret Brown, welcome to Military Mom Talk Radio. Thank you so much for having me on a special day, even though this isn't the right day for (laughs) Veterans Day. It's the day we have designated to make it uh, our day. That's (laughs) correct. Um, You are, and I have to say right at the top, thank you for being here uh, under the circumstances that you are, because you're not home. You're traveling, and you're in a hotel room, and let us know why uh, you are traveling. I am so happy to be here. I'm in Gainesville, Georgia, and I have asked to be a guest speaker. My first opportunity at a um, BBA chapter 774, Uh and I'll be speaking at 7 o'clock tonight. Wow. And this audience is all veterans or people who are supporting veterans? Who is this audience that you're addressing? I know that some of the veterans' wives have been invited, mm-hmm. but but at an earlier event here, um, a whole congregation was invited to come. Wow. So I what don't a- know how many will show up. <laughs> <laughs> What an honor, Margaret. This is wonderful. And I'm sure they're going to be enlightened with all that you have to say to them. Because I have to say, I truly was um, enlightened by your book in more ways than one, interestingly. Because so many times over the years, my husband, who was a Vietnam veteran, will have said things. And I will stop him in his tracks. And I'll say, okay, back up, you know, in English, please. Uh, let's talk about what compelled you to present the Vietnam War as an honors program because you had other sociological uh, programs. What was 
um, what was it that drew you and compelled you to present this to these students year after year? I think because of my age, mm -hmm. this, this was our war. Right. If uh, I had been born male, mm -hmm. I could have been over there. Mm. And but, we, we grew up watching clips from the war on television. Sure. Was it important to, for you from a historic point of view or a sociological point of view? Um, probably sociological. Hmm. Um, I, I, we did much more listening to the veterans who were kind enough to, to share Thursday evenings with mm -hmm. us. And we learned so much from them that uh, that's why I had to write the book. Yeah, yeah. What was the, the evolution? Did you develop your curriculum and then sought out the chapter, was it chapter 138, um, the, those veterans? What first happened was I, I thought, well, I'll teach this course on the Vietnam War because mm -hmm. it's an interest of mine and assigned the book and we start reading, and as you said, um, sometimes you had to say to your husband, please talk English. <laughs> yeah. Well, I found myself having to cobble together a very small glossary so that we could get through the books. Now, they were just basic things like incoming, outgoing, in-country, nothing, um, obviously things that my students needed to know, mm -hmm. but, but we weren't. We seemed very detached from what we were reading. And because I was teaching the course through the honors program, I had a lot of flexibility Mm -hmm. So I, I found a, um, a very small vet group in Radford, and they uh, said, certainly, we would like to come. And one vet came the first time just to check us out. Yeah. Because, what, because when he came back to the world when he came home, uh, he did not get a welcome reception from college students. Right. And here, here I was, a college teacher, asking him to come talk to college students. And I think it took a great deal of courage for Bobby to show up by himself and face college students not knowing what could happen or really why I had invited him to come.
Right. And isn't that true, Margaret? I don't think this generation quite understands why a veteran would have that kind of reservation to speak to others because they've, they, uh, unless they have really read of the uh, political environment in that era, they wouldn't understand. They, 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 they don't quite get it. They, they didn't until Bobby explained it to them. Sure, sure. And one of the one of the one of the most important things that we learned that first night is to say welcome home. To, Wonderful. To to any vet. And a, and I didn't know that. But I do they, now. Because they didn't get that. <laughs> My husband they, didn't. Well, there there's a reason they didn't get mm-hmm. that. Right. They they all came home at different times. Sure. The uh, so the they, book they is... might Oh, I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, finish. Go ahead. I was just going to say uh talk about the book itself you've arranged it alphabetically from and I love the uh so I read somewhere that uh someone expressed it from alpha to zulu because it really is um to explain the vernacular of the uh infantrymen during that war um when did you finally realize with your students that the notes that you were taking that was somewhat of a glossary that this was evolving into a a book and why did you decide that this uh, this glossary was the going to be your published work as opposed to say maybe a more uh, uh, con- conversational novel? That's a good question. I didn't know that I was going to write this book. <laughs> I I sat in just as my students did taking notes from everything they said from the questions that my students asked. And then the next day when we had class, students turned in a response to the previous evening's program. And the, the, first, the first response I got that I picked up, it said, in written in about three inches of letters, this is magic. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that sends chills up my back. That's amazing. Uh, Margaret, we've only got one more minute uh, before we have to break for commercial. Um I, I want to just quickly address, and then we, I want to make sure that people have your website, um, the importance of poems and photos that you've included in this book. When I started looking for gloss, when I, was, when I started looking seriously at glossaries, there were many, many, most by military and um, you really had to have a, a, mil- a military background in order to understand it. Mm. And our guys, as we began calling them, <laughs> we were very um, 
protective of our guys. Um, I I didn't know what I would do with the information. Oh, yeah. Margaret, I'm going to give the website on the other side of the break. Margaret Brown, uh, we'll have you back, I promise. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Are you the kind of parent who just wants their kids to live the life of their dreams? Well, grab your kids and join How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James. It's a lively interview and call-in show, Thursday, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. This dynamic mother and son team are on a mission. They want to empower kids to dream big and go after those dreams with gusto. They want to fill the world with kid entrepreneurs. Are your kids ready for success? Don't miss their fun annex, lively guests, and discussions. For more on Ann and Jack and their show, check out their website, howtoraisemillionaire.com. Then join the conversation of lively interviews and call-ins, and let's give our kids the tools and encouragements they need to build a future they can bank on, no matter what the economy throws their way. It's How to Raise a Millionaire Radio with Ann Morgan James and Jack James, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Central on the Rockstar Radio Network. Do you feel like when you watch a cooking show or read a food magazine that the recipes are not practical for a busy family? Do you wish you could have a conversation with someone about the best way to get dinner on the table fast after a long day at work? Are you tired of cooking dinner only to have your family turn up their nose and all of your hard work? Do you want to hear more about healthy living and finding more time to find your passion in life? We'll pull up a chair and visit with Heather Tallman, host of Around the Kitchen Sink. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. here on Tugginet Radio. Like many women, finding balance in life and time to take care of yourself is hard to do. Between managing a career and marriage and children and a busy family schedule, it's hard to maintain a sense of self. And Heather shares how she does it. Check out Heather's website, basilmama.com. Join us for food and a whole lot more on Around the Kitchen Sink with your host, Heather Tallman. Thursday nights at 10 p.m. Central on toginet.com. There ain't no doubt I love this land. God bless the USA. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. We're just finishing up our conversation with author Margaret Brown. Um, Her book, That Time, That Place, That War, is... uh, a wonderful book chronicling the uh, language of the Vietnam era, the soldiers of Vietnam. Margaret, before you uh, go off to your conference tonight, and I wish you the best of luck with uh, with your presentation tonight, I want to make sure people have your website. That is www.onewordtelevisionwar.com. And we can purchase the book there as well as read about you? Yes. 
And it's also available on Kindle and Nook. Wonderful. I am. Uh, I very much appreciate having the copy of this book. We've we've gone through it. I have to say quite thoroughly. Uh, Margaret Brown, thank you so much. And I do hope once the new year comes along, we can have you back and talk a little bit more about this and and other stories. And thank you. And welcome home, all veterans. That's from me and my 160 students that I taught over four years. That's wonderful. God bless. Thank you so much, Margaret. Thank you. Uh, coming up next, we have Dwight John Zimmerman. He's a best-selling and award-winning author, a radio show host, a producer. And uh, closest to our hearts, he is the president of the Military Writers Society of America. As you know, we have had so many authors from their organization, and uh, we're so proud to feature its members on our show. Dwight's the co-author with Mr. Bill O'Reilly of the, of the newest book, New York Times number one best-selling Lincoln's Last Days, which is a young adult adaptation of Bill O'Reilly's best-selling Killing Lincoln. Dwight's here with us today to talk about this book and more from MWSA. Mr. Dwight Zimmerman, thank you for being here. Welcome. Well, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. I'm glad to have you back. We always <laughs> always seem to have not enough time once we get into conversations, as we just did with Margaret Brown. Um, so much to talk about, and I'm very anxious to talk to you about Lincoln's last days. Um, this is not your first book intended for a younger audience. Why did you feel this story about Lincoln was so important to bring to uh, readers of this age group? Well... Uh, to be honest, uh, it was uh, my publisher who you know, approached me with the idea. Uh, really? Yes. Uh, both Bill O'Reilly and I have the same publisher, Henry Holt. Mm-hmm. And what I learned was the uh, adult publisher contacted his counterpart you know, on the children's side and said, you know, uh, Killing Lincoln has been just doing absolutely great. And we think that this is an important story to for the young adult market uh, to introduce kids who would be unfamiliar with more of the details of uh, the final days of Lincoln, the impact at the end of the Civil War, you know, and the ramifications thereof. Uh, my, uh, my publisher uh, thought it was a great idea when she had her uh, regular editorial meeting with her editors, she mm-hmm. threw out the idea and said, who among our group of writers that we work with would be capable of doing this sort of adaptation? And I had, uh, the previous year, done a similar sort of project. I had adapted D. Brown's classic of the American West called Bury My Heart at Wounded Knee, uh, mm-hmm. called Saga of the Sioux, which has won a couple of awards. Uh, since then, and so my name was recommended. Uh, Laura, my publisher, contacted my agent, uh, and the deal was struck, and I was off to the races. Wow. Wow. <laughs> um, now, I have to ask you about this collaboration with Bill O'Reilly. Did you actually uh, work with him? Did you work from his work? What was your association we had a compressed schedule. Uh, Bill mm-hmm. O'Reilly is based in Washington, D.C., and I'm here in Brooklyn, New York. 
And uh, the publisher basically, uh, okay, I was approached just before Christmas, and they wanted to have, this was Christmas of 2011, and mm-hmm. they wanted to have the book on sale in August 2012. So this basically was an instant book. Wow. Yes. Uh, and I just looked at that and I said, okay, I can do this. It is going to be very intense. <laughs> you know, in addition to that, they wanted to have a visual package because, of course, this being for the young adult market, you need to have mm-hmm. as many illustrations as possible. Sure. And the book is uh, has so many people who are just names. So the challenge was to find uh, photographs of the you know, of of these individuals, and I was happy to say that I was able to find almost everybody. And the upshot was that I was given basically two months to take his book, Killing Lincoln, and adapt it for the young adult market and give them what amounted to, in print, 150 illustrations. So, as I said, it was a very intense two-month period in which my my wife and daughter had to stay away from me. (laughs) (laughs) That's that is intense. And I think anybody who has had to even put together a thesis, let alone a publication, they they can appreciate what you're saying here. This this is phenomenal. Well, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I have to say, he wrote a very powerful story. And so mm-hmm. in, in that respect, it was easy to work with. Then, of course, the difficult thing is I had to take a roughly 110,000-word manuscript and trim it to 40,000 words mm-hmm. and then add uh, some extra you know, material, for instance, uh, explanations of quick explanations of who some of these people are, because sure. obviously... You have the presupposition that adults know who the a bunch of these individuals are, something that you cannot expect mm-hmm. kids to know. So it was identifying that material, and then obviously having trimmed all of the text to rework the transition so to make sure that the narrative flowed smoothly. Uh, I'm happy to say that everyone was really thrilled. I also suspect they were also very relieved uh, when I delivered what I did. Uh, and uh, the, the book uh, debuted at number two on the New York Times bestseller list. And the second week on sale, it went to number one. And uh, I couldn't be happier. Absolutely. I have to say I love the way this book is set up almost like a theatrical play with the cast of characters right at the beginning, um, which which I think was wonderful, especially where you're saying you you wanted to explain who these people were in history. And was this your intent uh, to utilize this perspective as sort of a, a theatrical um, sort of approach? Uh, that came about organically. Obviously, we had meetings, uh, Mm -hmm. my editor, my publisher, and designer, and uh, we we recognized early on that in addition to the core story itself, in other words, O'Reilly's manuscript, Mm -hmm. we needed to add extra material to help round out, flesh out the story uh, so that kids got a better understanding of what it was like uh, living in Washington, D.C. at that time, because, of course, this is way before the Internet and Mm. no cell phones, in fact, no phones at all. 
uh, and the fastest mode of transportation was the railroad, which went at the lightning speed of 20 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the fact that uh, everyone, you, normal modes of travel were either by foot or with horse. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, to give you what was really, when I'm doing my research, one of the things that really struck me was there were a lot of horses in Washington, D.C., especially during the war. And during the summertime, when the wind came from a certain direction, oh, boy, it probably oh smelled gosh. pretty strong. <laughs> wow. And, and all of these things, I think, are difficult uh, to just... Unless you really are writing it very clearly, kids, kids, kids wouldn't appreciate that. They, they uh, have no concept. The further gener- our generations go, we have no concept of those those kinds of living. And this is where what's so fun for me to uh, do this sort of stuff. I've written a number of books, uh, graphic histories, graphic biographies, mm-hmm. and yes, it is a challenge, but it's one that I really love doing because it is uh, such fun to explain these sorts of things. It's, just, it's very simple and very clear, and once you lay it down, it's just like, oh, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've only got a couple of minutes before we have another break, um, and I, I want to bring up your background in that you were executive editor of Topps Comics, and your publishing career actually began at Marvel. Um, how did you bridge, and like I say, we've only got two minutes, so we'll do a lot more talking about this after the break, but bridging this career to publishing history books, was that really far-fetched? Uh, when I was in my hometown of Devil's Lake, North Dakota, uh, I was honored by, uh, I was their uh, speaker at the Chautauqua uh, this, uh, earlier this year, and a few years ago I was the keynote speaker at a high school graduation. And I told the, you know, the students and everyone, I said, if the me from now had gone back to me you know, at, at my graduation and said, by the way, Dwight, you are going to do X, Y, Z, A, B, C, da, 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 da. That me, that the kid, I would have said, you're crazy. <laughs> because there is absolutely no way you could have planned or mapped out my eclectic bohemian career. Uh, I have... Yeah, periodically I look back at it and I say, this is crazy. <laughs> I have always uh, just, I, I just shake my head over it because I've had so many different opportunities, wonderful opportunities, and I've been so fortunate in being able to take advantage of them, and I've just been having a ball. Oh, how wonderful. We're talking today with Dwight Zimmerman. He's the co-author of the New York Times number one best-selling Lincoln's Last Days. We're going to chat more with him after the break here on Military Mom Talk Radio. Be right back. Are you a military mom looking for help in dealing with the system? Keeping the home fires burning? Well, that's what we're here for. It's Military Mom Talk Radio with Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. And we'll be right back after these. Second chances. We all deserve them. And we are all worthy of them. Second chances. With your host, Midge Noble. 
Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on Toginet is like coming home to warm, fresh-baked cookies, a hug from Grandma, or an enthusiastic greeting from your dog. Second Chances, hosted by Midge Noble, a licensed professional counselor, is affirming, warm, genuine, validating, and thought-provoking. Second Chances is a place to be heard, a place to laugh, a place to cry, and a place to be seen. For more on Midge and Second Chances, check out MidgeNobleSecondChances.com. Then be a part of a show that will change how you think, how you feel, and what you do. Give yourself the gift of Second Chances and see where it will take you. So take a deep breath, open your heart, open your mind, and join host Midge Noble for Second Chances. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central on toginet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central. Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of paying it forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, and background, you can go to MyMomKnowsBest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's Paying It Forward with tips, tools, and advice, and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi, Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central, on Doginet.com. Put a boot in your ass, it's the American way. Help us out, put your name at the top of his list, and a statue of liberty started shaking. Welcome back to Military Mom Talk Radio on Toginet.com. Covering topics to help on the home front with help from those who know how the system works and how to work the system. It's more fun than a sale at the BX. Now let's get back to it. It's Military Mom Talk Radio. Here again are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. Welcome back, everyone. This is Robin Boyd on Military Mom Talk Radio. Today on our Veterans Day um, tribute, we spoke earlier today with uh, Margaret Brown. She's the author of That Time, That Place, That War. If you did miss the earlier part of our show, it's always available here on toganet.com. You can always find our podcasts on our show page. You can always find them on iTunes and uh, on our website, Military MomTalkRadio.com. Our podcast page is now working. We had a little issue with our podcast page on our website. So it is fine. It's happy. And there's lots of podcasts sitting there waiting for everyone to tune in. Right now, we're talking with Dwight John Zimmerman. He is the author of Lincoln's Last Days. And we were just before the break talking to you, Dwight, about your eclectic career. And I, I'd like to talk about some of your other publications, especially in light of your history with uh, Marvel Comics, specifically your publication, The Vietnam War, uh, A Graphic History. My first thought, and I think I mentioned this the first time you were on our show, was Bill Malden's artistic depiction of Willie and Joe during World War II. Were you influenced by the works of someone like Bill Malden and others to bring history to people's uh, attention? 
Well, I was very familiar with his work, uh, but that is, his stuff is uh, very different. It uh, is. Yeah. It, and with the Vietnam War graphic history, okay, I was a kid growing up uh, during that period, and I was just so, you know, this, this will you know, come as a shock to you, I, I know. I was just so puzzled at, because my whole approach as a preteen and then, you know, young teen uh, was, if we're in a war, then why aren't we in there to win it? Yeah, yeah. I I could never figure out because I'm seeing the Ho Chi Minh Trail and we're not going in there and you know at least not officially but uh, we're not doing anything to really stop you know everything that's going on. So fundamentally, this was my attempt to answer to today's generations that question: mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. it's obviously a very complex. Uh, uh, explanation and no it's not the definitive uh, in detail uh, explanation however recognize because nowadays you, you you periodically hear politicians say this is not going to be another vietnam this is not mm-hmm. going to be another vietnam etc cetera, etc cetera. and it yep. you know, especially with iraq and afghanistan it has mm-hmm. become worse than vietnam uh, mm-hmm. in in some respects uh, particularly the length so to kids you know, uh, growing up post-Vietnam, it's like, well, what does that mean? Mm. And this is a, an attempt to explain, the, you know, to make accessible the story of a very complex and divisive war that came the closest to the Civil War in tearing the country apart. Absolutely. My 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 impression was, and I wasn't trying to compare your the actual work to uh, others. I think this generation has become so uh, digitally dependent. Uh, everything is sort of presented to people that I don't want young people to not embrace history because it might be in a textbook book and you're required to read it because you have to have so many history credits and so many uh, humanities credits. This approach to me is bringing the same information or the, the information that we need new generations to know in a different light so that they are going to be more likely to read it, more likely to understand it, because it's done in a completely different perspective. And I appreciate the the, the, the whole presentation. I, I was very impressed by it. Well, thank you. I'm really happy to hear that. Uh, that is one of the overarching goals. I, I was just absolutely thrilled to have this opportunity to combine my comic book experience with that of my you know, his, uh, military mm-hmm. history background, and uh, I was able to, you know, follow up. Uh, I, I, I literally had two books come out uh, this summer. Um, uh, one was two years in the making, and the other, the uh, Lincoln's Last Days, was two months in the making. <laughs> A little different. <laughs> uh, yes, I, it is always completely coincidental, but I did, I did mm. have to laugh. The other one mm. was uh, The Hammer and the Anvil, Frederick mm-hmm. Douglass, Abraham Lincoln, and the End of Slavery in America. 
It has a foreword by James McPherson, uh, the Pulitzer Prize-winning author and our greatest living uh, historian of the Civil War. Um, yeah, uh, Jim, uh, I've worked with him in the past, and an absolutely wonderful person. Anyway, uh, Wayne Van Zant, my artist on the Vietnam War graphic history, is also the artist on The Hammer and the Anvil. And uh, I mean, I'm just absolutely thrilled with that. It has gotten great acclaim. And again, as, as we've discussed earlier, it's making accessible in a visual format to kids important periods of our mm -hmm. history. Uh, we have so much going on right now. And the thing that I want to really stress is history is made by people. Yes, there are names and dates, but it's the actions of these people that make history. And that is really what everything that I do now is to bring that out, to make something old live again. Uh, that it, and I have been so um, humbled by the many opportunities that I've had to do this sort of stuff. I've gotten, I've written right now more than a dozen books uh, on history and military history, and I uh, have enjoyed you know, the experiences of every one of them. And it's finding the different ways uh, to make these periods interesting to uh, people, uh, young, old. Uh, my book, Uncommon Valor, about the Medal of Honor and the warriors from Afghanistan and Iraq who received it, uh, when we were doing the research for that, by the way, that uh, received the uh, Military Writers Society of America's highest honor, the Founders Award, uh, which I was completely stunned. Wow. Very greatly so from what I hear. Uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, obviously it was great. Uh, but in doing the research there, I discovered that uh, there was no one book that had a complete story of the history of the Medal of Honor. There would be bits and pieces, and rightfully so, every, you know, all these books that talk, talked about the recipients, which they should. But given the fact that since the Vietnam War, we had so few at the time that we were doing the research on the book, uh, there were only uh, six uh, Medal of Honor recipients, uh, two from Mogadishu and then four from Afghanistan and Iraq, there were more afterwards, said so people basically forgot what the Medal of Honor was. Oh, my gosh. Well, the, wow. but you can, yeah. uh, when you see so few of them having been awarded, it's easy to understand, you know, uh, since 1975 to 2008. Well, that's right. a long time. That and is. And so we uh, approached our publisher and said, look, the original package was to talk about these recipients, but we need to mm -hmm. add the story of the Medal of Honor. Right. And, right. Uh, and fortunately, a publisher agreed. So in effect, it's two books in one. But it, we needed that to give perspective. And uh, the right. story of the Medal of Honor itself is not a pretty story, as we discovered. Well, certainly. Dwight, we're going to have to ask you to come back another day. I hope you'll visit us again. I'd love um, to. We're right at the end. Can you give us a website where people could find your work? Uh, everything's available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. 
and they should just look up Dwight John Zimmerman and you will find everything there. Thank you so much for being with us today. Um, so enlightening and um, have a wonderful holiday season and we're looking forward to having you back come, come 2013. Thank you so much. I've had a great time and I look forward to being a guest again soon. Oh, thanks so much. Um, we are going to close very shortly. I was perusing things to to try to just give a, a little sentiment for Veterans Day. It was something that I wanted to uh, share with everybody. We found something from uh, Columbia Junior High School in Tacoma, Tacoma Washington. And um, I was very very taken back at the words of these junior high students. Here is one of them. He's titled this Heroes. His name is Jared Jenkins. In war, there are lives risked and lives taken. Men and women giving their best to defend what they love. They defend their country, their honor, their people. Some call them soldiers. Others call them heroes. Our veterans have risked their lives for us. They have lived through hell and fought with honor. Many have killed and regret doing so. For every life, there is a soul. For every soul, there is a life. For those who have died, we show great appreciation and remembrance. For those who live, along with them live horrific memories of battle. Some memories of defeat some memories of victory. Our veterans were more than soldiers. They were and still are heroes. And if you go to um, the uh, Columbia Junior High School website, and I want to say their district is the fifeschools.com in Tacoma, Washington, you'll find more from these amazing junior high students. Unbelievable. Um, And I thank them for publishing those so that we could share them with you. Thank you to both uh, Margaret Brown and Dwight John Zimmerman for being our guests today. Next week, we're going to have Debbie Gregory come back and talk a little more about some new things at VAMBOA, the Veteran and Military Business Owners of America. Uh, We'll also have Marcella Stretch return and visit with us to tell us what is happening with the parents of deployed service members. And Autumn Arnold is going to give us another another pep talk with the holidays coming so we can stay healthy and fit. Thanks so much for being with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. See you next week.